And if you've just joined us for the panel proper, kia ora tato e ma, Georgina Stalianu, Martin Bosley with us, Jim Mora in for Wallace Chapman, people agreeing with Martin, pre-news, went to Greytown Monday night, what an amazing light show and a beautiful Indian meal to complete the visit. Greytown Festival, absolutely delightful, went last Friday. Such ambience and a treat to feel Christmas in wintertime. There you go, Martin. Fantastic. And some people agreeing with you too, Georgie. Uh, Jim, the media continue to present gloom. Nothing positive, only sound bites from John and from William. Moved here with family 25 years ago, became a citizen and embraced New Zealand, but now it is not the place the world perceives. On the bright side, petrol prices are beginning to ease a little. With the cheapest spotted in Porirua today for $2.77, the top end elsewhere, $3.14 a litre. So why the drop? Now, Gulls retail manager Mike Turner joining us. Kia ora, Mike. Jim, hello. Hello there. How come we're seeing a drop today? I mean, it can't simply be attributed, or can it, to the government announcement yesterday to extend the fuel tax cut into next year? No, I wouldn't put it down to that. I think um, the markets or the, the base price material has been quite volatile, especially over the past couple of months. Uh, what I have seen and what analysts in the market have also seen is that the downward trend has actually continued a little bit longer than, than expected. So if you looked at the chart, you'd see it bouncing around. That downward trend has gone on. Now, we can't crystal ball it, so I don't know how long that trend is going to continue. I will ask you to crystal ball it a bit, but someone pulls down a gull nozzle every 30 seconds during daylight. Uh, that, give, <laughs> that gives us some idea of how much petrol and diesel you sell. Uh, aside from everybody else, what sort of volumes are you doing? So um, we will do anything between, oh, look, it, it, varies on day, it varies day to day, um, and it depends on the site. Um, our volumes have eased off from two, three months ago, and what we're putting it down to is the price of fuel has been up. Consumers are finding it harder and harder and harder to keep filling up their vehicles um, and so we're seeing sales drop off slightly. Martin, did you drive down today? Georgie, did you drive in? Martin, Georgie, you know you go. Okay, well I got a hybrid and i got to say I'm very glad I did and it's made a massive difference to what I pay. Like, I've, I, I genuinely haven't noticed the, the difference because I, I put in 80 bucks and it generally lasts me about three weeks in this what? car. Okay, well, unless Martin's got a hybrid, he would certainly notice driving down from Greytown. Yeah, no, it's painful. It's painful. It's, 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 it, you, you, you cry the whole way down as you're watching the petrol gauges <laughs> go down. Um, it's excruciating, you know. And, uh, yeah, I think it was I filled up the other day, and unlike me to, to run it so low, but it was like $190 to fill it. And I'm just driving a little RAV. It's not, there's nothing flash or big or fancy about my car. It's just a... You know, common old little Toyota Rav, and it. Um, yeah, I'll have to fill it up again before I, drip, before I head back over the hill um, this evening. Uh, okay, but, but it's, and before I ask Mike something else, I mean, and I'm not implying that both of you are wealthy, but do both of you shop around, or can't you be bothered? Oh, I shop around. Do you? I yeah. 
No, I, I don't. I, I live on the other side of the city and there's, there's very few petrol stations, so I just go to the one that's closest should, to home. I should say, I shop around and then go to the same petrol station every time. You know? <laughs> yeah. And usually I, I, the shop around happens after I fill it up and I go, oh, damn, look at that. It was five cents cheaper down the road. So it always seems to have been cheaper somewhere else after I've, uh, you know, although I get the little text from the AA after I fill it up saying six cents a litre off tomorrow. So mm. I'm always, I always kind of miss the. Um, Mr. Jackpot. Well, Mike, you were saying about, you know, you're seeing sort of sales drop off a little bit. I mean, I definitely have tried to use my car less. Um, you know, when I can walk somewhere, I, I, I will, um, even if the weather's not, not great and with a toddler in tow. So I, I suppose presumably Kiwis, a lot of Kiwis are doing the same thing. I think the Kiwis are trying to, are doing it where they can. Um, and look, some of us are really lucky where we can work from home, but there are others that have to take their vehicles out and therefore they still have to consume the same amount of fuel that they did before. Um, so look, we, we do make changes and I have seen customers make changes where they can. Um, working from home is an option. Carpooling has been another one, or like mm. you said, just walking where you can. Mm. Um, mm. Builds in global oil inventories for the first time in two years have helped ease the price of crude, Mike, I was reading today. And the U.S. energy information uh, in America is talking about, that's the EIA, about prices easing a bit through this year and markedly next. Is that what you're thinking? We, or I, look on the much shorter term. So um, the commentary that I look at has been more along the lines of speculation and trading on top of all the other factors has had a part to play. And the recent, this this slight dip in in prices has actually been um, put down to, and this this probably not the root cause, but a part of a cause, has been um, just a reduction in speculation or just an ease up on trading, um, waiting for the results of the Fed rate changes. So speculation plays a part of it. Um, The other factors that we've put down to increasing costs of petrol haven't changed. You know, we've talked about COVID for not a long time now, the um, Russian invasion of Ukraine, availability of supply across the world and reallocation of supply as we start to edge out Russia. um, Those factors haven't changed. Um, So it's interesting to see what factors have changed, and I don't know. Yeah, well, that's Mm. an honest answer. Thank you for joining us. Uh, That's Mike Turner-Gull's retail manager. At least the AA, Martin, doesn't text you after you've just filled up and said, why didn't you go somewhere else? (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, 14 minutes past 4 o'clock. Am I about to say one of your passwords on the radio? Most common ones in Aotearoa are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. I love you and password. And, in fact, I used password (laughs) for a long time. How often have we heard this? If these are the ones you're using or your name, you may need big password energy. That's the campaign CERT New Zealand's launched because leaked and stolen and filched passwords are more common than many people realise. Just before we hear from Sam Leggett, how secure are both your passwords? How much effort do you put into them? It's embarrassing this, but um, <coughs> I've only got one password for everything. It's <laughs> shocking. And worse, when I was talking about this in my office this afternoon, um, I've told it like five, three or four people. I live by myself, so I was thinking, if something happens to me, like no one will know anything. So not only that, I've shared it around. 
So not terribly conscious at all. <laughs> oh, when, yeah. you, when you said I've you know, got one, per, one password for everything, and it's, I thought you were about to give it to us. Well, I nearly did, actually, but it was... Um, <laughs> I'll get it off. Of <laughs> yeah, no, it won't be that hard. Um, it's, um, you know, I just... Who can remember them all? I mean, you need a password for everything. And this, you know, if you had to have a different password for everything and every app you've got, you know, you need to then carry around a large, you know, like a large, you know, lever arch file with all your passwords in it. Which you know, you leave that if you leave that on the, on the bus or on the train behind you, bugger. And you know, you know, it's just I just you know the whole thing and this. Um, I think Sam you know. may have a solution, but but before we go to him, I just want to hear from Georgie about what she does. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not great either. Mm. This reminds me of that Michael McIntyre skit that he does about passwords and how it was all when the internet first arrived and it was one word and then it was the number one after the word, <laughs> then it was a capital letter at the start of the word and a number two. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, yeah, it's it's not great, but I agree. You, it's it's too much admin to keep track of them all across, especially like a cell phone and your work laptop. And yeah. Yeah. If you've got a laptop at home, I don't know how to make them all link up. Yeah, somebody the said um, that she on her phone she's got uh, uh, you know the notes folder. Oh yeah, is where all her passwords are. I'm like, well, how secure is that? Like, not, you know, <laughs> it's not quite the keychain. It's not, not quite the key, yeah. Well, at yeah. least they have to steal the folder as well. Uh, yeah. Senior analyst of threat and inc- incident response at CERT NZ, Sam Leggett. Kia ora, Sam. Kia ora, thank you for having me. Really, Sam, our passwords are still that easy to guess? Yeah, look, this campaign is based around some research that we've recently done. It's mainly focused around the age group of 18 to 34-year-olds. And while you probably typically think that this age group is a quite tech-savvy demographic, what our research found is that only half of them are using strong passwords and around two-thirds use the same password on multiple accounts. So that's the that's the premise behind the big password energy campaign we want all new zealanders to feel cyber confident and capable by making sure they have strong passwords using passphrases there is a certain amount of scorn being experienced uh being um uh, evinced rather by texters everyone has password managers these days sheesh that's, do, do they? <laughs> well, I want to ask Sam about that because should we all? I mean, some people can't be bothered doing it that way, can they, Sam? But is that a good idea? Yeah, so password managers are a really good tool to use, especially when you have uh, a really high number of online accounts that you need different passwords for. When using a password manager, it does put a, a lot more um, importance on that master password that you use. So it's really key that you ensure your master password for your password manager is really long uh, and, and quite unique to make sure that's nice and secure. All long, I noticed that Lynn is suggesting things like a favourite recipe, 125 grams of butter and sugar. She, <laughs> Isn't that what I should be using? You <laughs> should be using that. That's right. That's sure, thanks, Lynn. Yeah. But, but <laughs> Sam, poor passwords versus other kinds of threats, you know, hacking and viruses and clicking on links, what is the worst threat? The most reported thing that we see at Cert New Zealand is definitely phishing, and a lot of different reports that we see have some aspect of unauthorised access to online accounts. So passwords are kind of at the crux of a lot of different cyber incidents, and so it's really important that we have strong, unique passwords for all our online accounts. Otherwise, we're essentially just making it a lot easier for attackers to get into our online accounts. You suggest using passphrases, which will be new to a lot of people. Yeah, so uh, Big Password Energy is all about using passphrases. So that's a random phrase of at least four or more words. 
uh, for a total password length of at least 15 characters. The reasoning behind passphrases is it's a little bit easier to remember than the uh, randomised strings of characters, numbers and symbols. So a good passphrase password might look something like happy robots eat popcorn uh, for words that don't seemingly have any connection to each other. So a random phrase there, 20 characters in length, so a good, strong, uh, long password. And that's going to give you some good security, just as um, a password of, of characters, numbers and uh, symbols of a similar length would give you as well. 125 grams of butter and sugar would keep them guessing for a while, wouldn't it? Yeah, so there are there are a few different uh, techniques that come into trying to crack passwords, and typically it's things like brute forcing software. So this is a piece of software that will guess a really high number of passwords in a really short amount of time, uh, and that's where passphrases come into it. It's really hard to line those right words up uh, for those pieces of software, so it gives you a bit more security. How does this brute force work? So brute forcing techniques or software, it's essentially a piece of software that attackers use It'll automate the process for them. It'll guess a really high number of passwords in a short amount of time, and it'll try a lot of the uh, most common passwords and password patterns that are out there. Uh, Another thing that attackers can do with these pieces of software is jump onto your uh, social media or um, any other sort of online accounts you have, try to find some personal information that they suspect you might be using in your passwords. They can actually enter that into the software so that the software will guess a higher number of password combinations that's specific to the target. So, Sam, may I ask a question, please? So the, the, the 18 to 34 age group, of which I remain in for one year, um, essentially are more cavalier with password protection. Does, does that mean that CERT believes that people 34 and over are, are actually better at doing password protection or have they got their own cyber issues? No, not necessarily. Our research has found that this, this group that we're targeting is highly confident online, but at the same time, they're likely to take less steps to protect themselves. And while while the campaign is targeting the 18 to 34-year-old demographic, ultimately, certain New Zealand wants everyone in New Zealand to have good password energy. Mm. Why is it targeting the 18 to 34-year-old demographic? I thought they were the savviest people online. Yeah, so what our research actually found is that um, as part of them not taking these steps to protect themselves, only half of them are using strong passwords, and the real crux here is that two-thirds of them are using the same password on all their accounts. I need to go a bit longer on this because I'm getting so many questions. Do you need strong passwords for everything? That is a good question. I've got a strong password for my bank account but not for my my library account, for example. Yeah, so our recommendation is to make sure that you have strong passwords on your most important accounts. So that is definitely things like your bank account, uh, your RealMe account, for example, uh, your email accounts and your social media accounts. If you do have the same password across multiple platforms, we recommend changing your passwords uh, on those specific accounts, those really highly important accounts first, and then working your way backwards uh, from there. Uh, How secure are face and fingerprint options, asks Roger. So specifically to mobile devices, that does uh, that does offer a, a good um, secure option. Um, there has been some contention around facial ID, I believe, but the the fingerprint ID is really good, and these can come into play uh, with something called two-factor authentication, which is a really great additional tool that you can have to add another layer of security to your account. So, say I have two-factor authentication set up with my thumbprint. I will log into my account on my laptop. A notification will be sent to my phone where I need to put my thumb in there 
And that's that second layer of protection that will allow me to actually get into my account. You see, people are saying, come on, guys, it's 2022. But when you say two-factor authentication, I'm mindful that there are a lot of perfectly intelligent people out there, Sam, whose eyes immediately glaze over when phrases like that are used. So it's not entirely easy, is it, to get with the program? No, it can be difficult. And and something like two-factor authentication has a lot of different terms that are often used to sort of describe it. So uh, you things like multi-factor authentication, two-step verification, all these different terms are referring to the second layer of protection. Ultimately, when you log into an account, you're required to enter something else that you know or have, and that's what two-factor authentication is. I want to ask our panellists whether they have ever experienced security disasters, Martin and Georgie. Well, I was going to say, I feel like I'm going to think of a Mission Impossible with all this two-factor authentication. <laughs> Someone's going to cut my thumb off and use it to get into a cell phone. Just one password. Just tickle me and I'll give it to you. To access um, your recipes. <laughs> to get my, get my I'm going to change my password to Sam Leggett Tommy Toe. Tommy Toe. Um, yeah, sorry, I forgot the question, actually, Jim. I um, asked you, has anything really bad no, ever gone wrong? No, nothing. No, I've, I've never had any problems. Good touch as much wood as I can find right now in the studio. But, um, so ignorance yeah, is bliss. You've just yeah. breached your way but, through. But I, but I am, like, as George was just saying, like, you know, 18 to 34, I'm, you know, I'm 58, and I'm like, I am, you know, I'm horrified by this because I, I think surely I'm the target market here that should be, be you know, being told this. I mean, you know, um, we have to, I'm, so I've never had any problems, so I just kind of blithely go about, you know, Every time something comes along and says you need to change your password, I just go, well, add another two to it. And, mm. you know, we all envy you. We all envy Just add another number. We all envy you, Martin. Georgie, what's <laughs> Ignorance I, is bliss. My life's happy. Yeah, I need to up my password game, I'll be honest. But what I do do is your phone tells you, sort of flags um, your data has appeared or your password is, is, is weak. So I do change a lot of my passwords quite often. Um, and so I think I'm safe to say I'm in the process of overhauling my password game. Does that give me a pass, Sam? Must do. <laughs> Gives you a pass or pass. <laughs> yeah, it, it comes back to just uh, making sure that those really important accounts are the ones that you're putting attention into first. Mm. Um, attackers, mm. attackers are quite opportunistic with this. So if your password was happened to be compromised somewhere, mm. um, then, then they might try to use that same password on a number of different accounts yeah. that you have. Speaking of opportunistic attackers, the other question is that the bad actors... Sam are sending us more and more emails for us to click on that get slicker and more Mm. deceptive and in the old days our providers used to block these in ye oldie days didn't they now they don't Sam yeah, um, obviously the attackers are getting a lot more sophisticated as time goes on and these emails and text messages can get through things like the filtering. So it comes down to the advice that if there's a sense of urgency created in that message, uh, trying to get you to click on that link, that should probably raise a red flag. And then the second thing that's really important is to actually look at that link. Say you received uh, an email claiming to be from your bank and it's asking you to click on a link. If you take a look at the actual link and where that's directing you to, you should have a pretty good idea of what the website for your bank is. And if it's mm. taking you somewhere else, that should be a, a good red flag for you. I don't think you should go into the internet alone ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so just yeah. to sum up uh, for people who've just joined us, Sam Leggett, someone says a great password is the brand of shoe you wear and the name of your first pet or a food mixer um, and the tyres on your car. Choose two obscure things and join them together. Throw in a couple of numbers, says Joe. Is that not a bad rule of thumb? The one thing I'd say there is, is keeping that personal information, the likes of a pet's name, out of your password is really key. As I sort of already mentioned, that attackers can go yeah. onto our social media, 
find that personal information and use that as part of their sort of cracking methods. But using random words or random phrases is a, is a good rule of thumb here. So again, big password energy, a random uh, phrase of four or more words for at least uh, 15 characters in total, that's going to set you up with a nice secure password. Big password energy, the new campaign from Cert New Zealand. Sam Leggett, thank you very much. Thank you. Two minutes away from the news at 4.30 on the BBC website, The Pandemic has put an end to birthday cupcakes at work, team happy hours and forced fun activities of all sorts in workplaces. Many workers are deeply relieved. The, um, the, I just want to ask you something. The argument here isn't just a misanthropic one. It's that participation out of obligation creates a sort of corporate cult which can turn into indoctrination and you end up with fake smiles and secret resentments. So what about the two of you? Are you a rah-rah, jolly hockey, hockey, hockey sticks, I'll bring the sausage rolls kind of person, Georgie? No, I am not. I'm not. I don't like the whole forced fun thing, especially when you just want to go home and then you're kind of getting people looking at you like, oh, is she bailing again? Oh, did she buy those cupcakes from Pack and Say? Did she not bake them? <laughs> um, so, no. I'm all for organic fun but I've never been a forced fun kind of girl. Mm. I imagine in a chef's kitchen, it's flat tack, maybe a drink after it's all done. Yeah, and, and that's it. You're right. It's just like, you know, And the fun happens along the way. Like fun is part of your team culture, mm. right? And, 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 and that comes from, you know, you know from, you know, um, you know, you start, you know, how you value your staff or, the, or your team members, the people you work with, the respect, the diversity that you've got within that group. That's where that fun comes from. And then at the end of service, so you, you say, you know, you're going flat tack out, um, a couple of beers at the bar with everybody, and then, but again, everyone just kind of goes off their, you know, on their on their way. No one, this whole you know uh, illusion that people have the hospital workers then staying up till three or four mm. in the morning drinking. It actually doesn't. It's more like you go home and have a bowl of cornflakes at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I can imagine that. You know, the the other thing is that work. The other argument should be a place to work, and people probably have that opinion. Many of them, I don't come here to have fun, and also no. maybe why are the, all these people you know laughing and giggling in the tea room while some of us have to keep going? Well, I think yeah, like. It's, Sorry, George, I'm not sure. No. As somebody who's hosted lots of work events over the, you know, from the other side of the bar, as it were, some of them just look excruciating, Jim. You know, you just... We've talked at Christmas about putting conversations on the menu, you know, like to, so you could actually choose something to talk about. Because I think <laughs> when you're in the... You know, when they're in the office, like, they're working and they're doing the thing that they've got something to talk about, something to engage on around work. And you take them out of that and put them into like a social situation, like a restaurant or a bar, or whatever, and it's just nothing. You Conversation know, just, starters on menus. What yeah, and it, you know, it's idea. just like you know, sometimes you feel like you need to be the jolly guy. Mm. You become the entertainment all of a sudden because you're trying to get them to have a good time. And I've worked on a team building um, activities that just look. Why have you all got glasses of water balancing on the back of your hands? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> post-it notes stuck to every window, and the and, and obviously with. Drawings. I'm like, this does not look like a good time to me at, at, at all, and I'm not quite sure what it's meant to achieve. So, yeah. Last word, Georgie? I found a game in a shop recently. It was like a generational kind of trivia quiz and took it into the office, and we ended up having organic fun over a right. nice bottle of French red wine, and that's the way to do it. I don't think these sort of you get a week's notice to do birthday celebrations for Sharon um, yep. are the best way of, of, of generating fun in the workplace. Very good. Um, back with our panellists very shortly.